0: Hi, I'm Lawrence Krauss, and welcome to the Origins Podcast, in particular to one of our special podcasts on current events. Last week I caught up with my friend Stephen Fry, who's filming a movie in LA, and I wanted to talk to him about some news items that concern me, in particular several scientific associations and publishers are now apparently so concerned about causing offence that they're not just self-censoring, they're censoring their own articles and data. And of course, that's of some concern to me and I thought it'd be great to talk to Stephen about this because he, more than anyone I know, has eloquently discussed the nature of offense and the fact that people who are offended have no special rights. So we had an interesting conversation about that in some depth. And as you know, if you've listened to Stephen on this podcast or anywhere else, he's an incredibly interesting, erudite and eloquent speaker. And it was, as always, incredibly enjoyable to talk to him. Now, for those of you who watch this on YouTube. If you'd consider subscribing to our YouTube channel, that would help because then you get notice of uh, of our upcoming podcasts. Also, I hope you might consider subscribing to our Patreon community, because that will not only give you an opportunity to see podcasts ad-free, but also see special events like the live Q&As that we produce, and also interact with other members of the community. So I hope you'll consider one or both of those things. In any case, with no further ado, I hope you enjoy this current events with Stephen Fry. Well, thank you, Stephen, for joining me for what I'll call current events with Stephen Fry. <laughs> and uh, this current event, I I couldn't resist thinking of you. Uh, I'll, I'll just I'll just read this. It came from the Royal Society of Chemistry, and um, uh, it. it And they sent a note to all of their editors, their associate editors and editors. um, uh, Following the publication of an article by Hoodlucky and the identification of potentially offensive image in a journal, a set of guidelines has been produced by RSC staff to help us minimize the risk of publishing inappropriate or otherwise offensive content. Offense is is a subjective matter and sensitivity to it spans a considerable range. However, we bear in mind that it is the perception of the recipient that we should consider, regardless of the author's intention. Please consider whether or not any contents, words, depictions, or imagery might have the potential to cause offense, referring to the guidelines as needed. And then, as if uh, that wasn't bad enough, one could argue, well, that might not be overstepping, They, they then, in their guidelines, actually explicitly say what is offensive content. Any content that could reasonably offend someone on the basis of their age, gender, race, sexual orientation, religious or political beliefs, marital or or parental status, physical features, national origin, social status, or disability. Though, in short, there's nothing that you can't offend someone about and anything that you offend someone about can be not published in the Royal Society Journal of Chemistry. And when I think of people who've talked about offense, um, you are one of the most eloquent. (laughs) And... um, and I love to quote you, which I will now, and then we can, we can chat. Um, you, in, a, in a public forum, and I forget what, I've just seen it online several times. You say, Well, you'd say it much better than me, but I, I, I'm not going to put on your accent. But it's, um, it's now very common to hear people say, I'm rather offended by that, as if it gives them certain rights. It's actually nothing more than a wine. I find that offensive. It has no meaning. It has no purpose. It has no reason to be respected as a phrase. I'm offended by that. Well, so fucking what? Okay, so uh, this, it, this intrusion, I mean, I'm being offended now in our society is now a capital offense in, men, in the sense that people are destroyed for it in general in the public arena, but, the, but seeing it intrude into science is something I was particularly concerned about, so I wanted to talk to you about it.
1: And I think you're very. it's a very interesting uh, distinction because um, it crosses a line into a field which ought one imagines reasonably, and we'll return to that word, yeah, uh, yeah. to think is exempt from this kind of social and cultural weighting and freighting and general loading of meaning and of offensive potential because science is precisely about that which in in which the values are expressed in numbers and in uh, testing and experiment of uh, discrete phenomena in various directions. And it's quite hard to see. I mean, one can picture that in genetics and various other forms of, of bioscience. I as a gay man as a Jew might discover that some, someone has Burrowed away and found that my genes as an Ashkenazi Jew mean that I am this. So far, it hasn't happened, particularly Mm. there are uh, diseases and illnesses and conditions to which certain people are prey because they belong to a genetic group. As we know, things like sickle cell anemia and so on uh, uh, are more prevalent amongst certain races. But when it comes to, say, intelligence or even moral, what we call moral qualities, Mm. but might be things like, uh, you know, um, helpfulness and, uh, you know, the, the kindness gene the cooperation genes the you know those sort of genes that have been observed in everything from vampire bats who feed each other when you know they see the fellow member is starving all those kinds of qualities it may be discovered have genetic origins we, we hope they don't because we cling to some belief in personality and character and you know authenticity and that we make ourselves and our own moral makeup but I'm prepared to believe that the day will come when I'm told I chose to be gay and that my Jewishness makes me a less valuable person than, say, uh, uh, someone who's Asian. I I don't know. I mean, it it seems unlikely, but the possibility that science can reach into those areas is, you know, we can envisage that there are dangers, and we've known this since the days of... You know Dalton and uh, and, and um, uh, sort of Galton and, uh, and, and eugenics. We, we've known that science can we, there can be bad science, and we've known also very particularly that Stalin and Hitler, to choose the two biggest villains of of the twentieth century, both felt that science could have ideological implications. So Hitler and Goebbels, in particular, called um, and and Goering, in fact, uh, famously called. Uh, called it black science uh, the jewish science jews, jews were black mm. uh, in fact the n-word was often they used to, to describe great. jews that's right so uh, and and
0: now they're white
1: then. slang for the women in the in the camps was muslims and so you know race was in, somehow was brought into science in a way that seemed and one of the great ironies of, 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 of nuclear physics is, is that the very anti-Semitism of the Nazis stopped them going down the, the fission route and, yeah, and led yeah. them towards deuterium oxide and heavy water and probably delayed the ability of the Nazis to have nuclear power, thank goodness. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but um, anyway, sorry, I'm, I'm sort of getting away from the subject, but what I, I suppose what <laughs> I right, really I wanted to safety. say... Is <laughs> is that um, yeah? We've always helped, hoped that science would be exempt from the kinds of possibilities of yielding offence in our current culture. But it's clear that it isn't, and that similar to st- the days of Stalinism and Nazism, science is going to be inspected for um, for its ability to uh, to. to cleave to party lines and uh, certain party lines we're thinking of of course are those that involve offense along racial and gender and sexuality you know it's
0: it's more insidious than that in some sense one could imagine yes there are subjects that may seem offensive and genetics is certainly you know genetics and correlating genetic information and any aspect of racial information is uh is a a subject that's that's emotional at the very least in, in our society. But there are two aspects. The, the as you use the word possibility, which is really to me an important question, there is one doesn't know the answer. There is a possibility that there are just as there are genetic diseases that are, that are have correlation with, with, with racial things, yeah. um, uh, sickle cell, anemia and, and things like that, there's a possibility, but not being able to raise the question. And ask the question of whether there might be a possibility for fear of, of, of giving offence is what is one of the more concerning things because that means you can't even do this, much less talk about it. You can't even do yeah. the science I, for fear of offence.
1: I note that the Royal Society of Chemistry have put in an, an extraordinarily important adverb in the middle of that, which is reason, might be reasonably. And it seems to me that a reasonable person, and the word reasonable is one in law that has huge meaning in British and American law, it goes all the way back. Time immemorial has a, a legal meaning in British uh, jurisprudence. as you probably know is from the time of Richard II. <laughs> so, so we're talking Chaucerian England around that time. The idea of the guilty mind and the reasonable man, now the reasonable person, for obvious totally reasonable reasons <laughs> that okay. in other words a jury is supposed to be formed of re- what would a reasonable person think about this that is part of in law it's not what is the fact what is that someone was offended is that was someone reasonably offended and that is what the the, the, the royal society of chemistry is saying and maybe that one adverb can at least allow someone who's research is turned down on the grounds that it is offensive. Uh, Allow them to plead No, it's not reasonably offensive. It is not reasonable for someone to be offended by this. And I will will stand in the last dock until the last trumpet (laughs) to claim that it is unreasonable. I see that they're offended. I see the tears coursing down their cheeks. But it isn't reason that is causing those (laughs) tears to fall. It is emotional fragility and a sense of upset, a sense of self being assaulted in some way, that has all kinds of histories that are psychologically important and a behaviorologist and a psychologist. And I'm not being cute here and trying to suggest that the yeah, offended yeah. person is weak or or, or or unable to stand up as a proper human being, because I can cry and be offended by things. But I know when it's reasonable and I know when it belongs to another magisterium of human behavior. And that is the emotional realm, the realm which 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 determines feelings that can... Can be inspiring and can be useful. Scientists talk about inspiration and feeling all the time because they're humans. Mm-hmm. But we know to separate. Um, and it doesn't mean we're making it, we're failing to be holistic about what yeah. it is to be human, but there must be a division of what is reasonable and 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 what is in in a, in a different realm uh, and our sensitivities and our feelings of personal assault and affront are not the same as our ability to reason and in between that is even more important especially to a briton is empiricism mm-hmm. and that is let's not worry about what's right or wrong let's worry about what's effective mm-hmm. and what really upsets me as a left winger, as a liberal, as someone who believes themselves to be more or less on the side of that arc of history that people talk about that bends towards good and improvement and so on, is that just as it happened um, in 1917 after the Russian Revolution, and just as it happens after, you know, just as it happens with with priests in the, um, uh, uh, after Luther or, or priests during the Inquisition, it's not the enemies that the zealots destroy. It's their allies. Mm-hmm. And it's not the enemies of mm-hmm. racial equality, gender equality, sexual equality, and general di- uh, believers in diversity and believers in, in making the world a fairer and better place. They're not the ones who get their arses kicked, they're the ones who get their asses kicked. The ones who are just plain racist, who just hate it all and just call it wokeism and, and to hell with it. And, you know, um, they, they, they are in no way threatened by this. Yeah, so it you. is the ineffectiveness of it that really drives me mad, is that it, what you're doing is not making a new world um, that is better and finer and brighter, you're just creating a frightened world in which those who want to make it better and finer do not speak. And, and I know that some of the most advanced wokists will say, oh, do not say what? What is it you're trying to say that, you're, go on then, tell me what it is you can't say, you public figure with a big you know, 13 million Twitter followers. No one's shutting you up. Well, yes. <laughs> I know that I have a big platform and I can say what I like. Except that I can't, because I have to self-censor, um, uh, unless I'm an idiot. Because, you know, <laughs> frankly, um, you know, precedent shows me that if I don't self-centre, I will come up with a joke, a little stupid remark of the kind that one can say to one's friends and lovers in private, exactly. and that doesn't make me a bad person, but that if I were to say it in public, I would be destroyed. And, uh, and so we self-censor. And I'm not moaning about it. I don't think I've got a hard deal compared to other people. Um, but so, again, those who, who if, if they're not defending this new trend in academia and elsewhere, um, they, they will often attack those who do. Uh, uh, do question it and say what are you moaning about are you trying to be racist then do you do you want space in which to say unpleasant things that offend people do you want space in which to to, to make people feel subjugated do, 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 do you do you want to praise past historical mistakes or you know no <laughs> don't <force laughs> it. it's,
0: well it's but that's the that attack terror. is it, that kind of religious attack is 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 worrisome i mean and and and, and you know you're a master of language and I've learned much from you. But you use the words reasonable. And I think it's really important because I see a difference between reason, which I kind of see as time invariant, mm. and reasonable, which yes. is societally dependent. I mean, there are things that are reasonable to us now and there are things that are reasonable during medieval times which are not reasonable now. And the problem is if the majority, if a significant majority, if not just a vocal majority, but a significant group of people feel something is unreasonable then then you're subject to that and and you know it's like the you know one of my favorite lines from one of my favorite books catch 22 is hmm. you know where yossarian is basically someone said well would you know what if everyone in the world is walking off a cliff would you know what would you do? and he said i'd be a fool to do otherwise and <laughs> and 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 it, if the bar of reasonableness changes yes. for mere verbiage then it's a problem, and and you know I, I, I there's another example which which uh, uh, um, shocked me, and I, uh, it's this um, uh, that was raised to me. It's a it's another it's a journal of hospital medicine, which another mm. not quite science, but medicine at least. Mm. And there was a piece entitled "Tribalism: The Good, the Bad, and the Future," Dis- and it discussed the dangers to medicine of tribal in group and out group behavior, and you know trying to work together with people mm-hmm. who disagree. The editors of the journal then immediately retracted the article because of social media reactions, saying it's reasonable that the the term "tribal" is term "tribal" is hurtful. And what they oh, did was they not only retracted it, they rewrote the article, removing all. Even though the article actually defined the words "tribalism" and "tribe," they removed the words "tribes" and "tribalism," and then they republished a revised version and wrote an editorial apologizing for their act of microaggression by using a term that could reasonably offend
1: people yeah it's very distressing isn't it i mean um de minimis non curat lex i think is the old phrase that lawyers use and um, it's true of de minimis and it's also true of de extremis in other words you can't make laws about tiny things um yeah. you have to let them flow. Um, so to make a law about a microaggression would be absurd. And yet that seems to be what's happening. And also, you can't make laws based on extreme cases and cases which, you know, yeah. um, again, that's part of what reasonableness is supposed to mean. And it's an interesting point you make, because hmm, I wonder if what you're saying is reasonable, really, is, is a word like moral, which mm-hmm. is to do with custom and times, and what is reasonable in the sixteenth century is totally unreasonable in the twentieth. Because what's reasonable is also obviously, in, in, in many ways, um, mitigated and altered, and, and always uh, changed by 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 knowledge.
0: Yeah, but, and by so, and by culture. I mean, you know, and
1: by, and by culture exactly, and and certainly, you know, we 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 know that we had perfectly reasonable. Uh, ancestors who stirred sugar into coffee, knowing that both had been picked by slaves, um, and they didn't think of themselves as bad people. They tried to be good. They said their prayers, or whatever the the moral was at the time. They read books and they thought hard. But and, and some of them then caught up with with the uh, anti-slave movement. Oh. But 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 plenty of decent people. You know, do things that future generations will regard as indecent. The question we have to 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 mull over, and and it's not an easy one, is whether we are, as the awful phrase is, whether we are on the wrong side of history, because we're not fully embracing this total recalibration of everything we grew up with, this total realignment of ideas and ways of approaching things. And it's letting in all kinds of new issues into what we had thought were were purer activities of thought and experiment suddenly become solid and colored by and polluted by this, this new way of having to consider things. And it does remind us of the way the state became the center and being a friend of the state and not an enemy of the state. And, 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 you know, it reminds one of, you know, if people have read Darkness at Noon by Kester, for example, and and indeed the final half or quarter of 1984, where O'Brien yes. um, uh, interrogates Winston Smith. These these moments when you get a confrontation between the the powerful new culture, whose rules and whose whose control of thinking is so absolute, and 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 whose way of Exp- of explaining itself, and you know, it's what a, um, an evangelical Christian would call exegesis. You know, it's yeah. its ability to interpret the hermeneutics of a whole world in such a way as to align every, you know, a bit like a magnet, aligning every every piece of iron filing in in the direction of of this new God. And and if you if you question any aspect of it, it's so complete a, a sealed argument. It's it's that. There is no escape for you. And that's what we feel, that we grew up reading Kerstler and Orwell thinking, well, thank God that's over. Thank God there's no more of that kind of thinking. And, of course, for us to say that it is 1984, what the Royal Society of Chemistry is doing, is an overstatement. But it tends towards it. It seems to be bending towards something very dark and very, very distressing, and which goes against... The most fundamental thing of all, which is not just not free speech because i'm I'm not as big a worshiper of free speech as say, Americans are, are sort of mm-hmm. constitutionally in every yeah, sense yeah. Uh, bound to be, but I am a believer in free thought oh. <laughs> and, <laughs> and 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 if you're if you have to self censor your free thought in order to get on in the world in order to think about everything from how you cast a movie to how you describe the color of someone's face in a book, Mm -hmm. Uh, or, you know, to to, to use some of the more famously unsettling uh, questions that have arisen, as as you probably know, in um, editors and publishers now have to cut out anyone who says someone's skin is the, Of coffee, or indeed strawberries and cream. Um, You can't use food to describe the coloration of skin anymore. It's apparently commodifying or something. Now, I I know, again, one can sound like the op-ed writer or the leader writer of a British tabloid, (laughs) moaning about wokeism and using the most extreme examples of it uh, in order to shut down argument, perhaps. And what we want, all we want is argument, is the ability to have a reasoned if not reasonable, discussion about the way the world is, and to be able to call upon all aspects of the of culture and knowledge to to adduce these arguments, and I some of which it, might offend. Well, I think you're being too even here too kind. I think we want the
0: right to have an unreasonable argument. Well, I actually, think, of course, one does, yes. Yeah, I mean, you want to be able to have the right to have an unreasonable argument, because that illuminates what's reasonable and unreasonable. In
1: fact, um, yeah. you know... I mean, listen, we, we must all... I do think manners are incredibly important. And manners is another word for mores, which is yeah. another word for morals, which is another word for for the way we do we judge things to be right and wrong. I and you would not go to a room to address to, to make a speech to a town's women's guild of, of senior citizen ladies who cooked, baked cakes for one and wanted one to come and talk about one's life in science, in your case, or my life. And I wouldn't come in and say, well, fuck me, I had a strange journey here. Come on, and don't be a cunt, give me some of this cake. <laughs> you know, you just wouldn't do that. You would yeah, dress yeah. nicely and you would talk in the language that wouldn't offend them. I don't want to offend people. The fact that I say offense isn't actually an argument doesn't mean that I believe offending people is a nice thing to do. If one is consciously able to avoid it, as in these little old ladies, I would treat them, if it patronising to talk about little old ladies like this, but you know what I mean. The point is you wear a suit and tie when a suit and tie is the right thing to wear because it's respectful of the kind of people you're with. Uh, It doesn't mean you're a stuffy Uh, milk toast who only wears a suit and tie it means that you're able to change your dress according to where you are when you're with your friends at a a music festival you're wearing god knows what and smoking god knows what but when you're with your mother and her friends you're doing something else it isn't that difficult (laughs) well except here's let me
0: give you a hypothetical and this is the problem and this is one of the things that worried me about both the royal society chemistry and other things is intent so if you go yes. into this group not intending to offend, but by wearing a tie, you're representing a hierarchical male, uh, um, you know, you could imagine a whole bunch of things. And in fact, By wearing a student tie, you could respect. be offending people. Yes. And your intent wouldn't be to offend, but in <laughs> some sense, this is saying it doesn't matter. As they point out, it, it's subjective, but it's the perceptions of the recipient. And if case, the case, you can't ever you can't that ever be would, right
1: they'd fall down in wider law though because there we have the good latin phrase mens rea um guilty mind yeah. that that you know in in order for it to be a crime you have to you have to intend yeah. to deprive someone of their property you have to intend to deprive them of their life otherwise well,
0: that's in the law unfortunately however them? the the law of the, the social <laughs> of, of, of the society right now the law of the social jungle is not the law yeah, of no,
1: that's rea. true <laughs> but if one wanted to bring it to law yeah. Which would, of course, be nonsensical and boring and expensive.
0: Well, and and you would have already been cancelled by that point, so it doesn't really make a difference. But but you know, if your
1: intent was wrong, if if your intent was to be uh, was not to offend, but you offended, in law that's negligence. (laughs) It's not a crime. Well, you you know, although there was a
0: reporter, as you probably know, there was a reporter for a science reporter for the uh, well, a, 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 a distinguished science reporter for the New York Times, who was fired for using the n-word yeah when talking to a young person on a trip about how that they shouldn't use the n-word yeah. and and yeah, and that and, and they and the new york times specifically said intent was irrelevant
1: yeah yeah and,
0: and that's that if, if intent's irrelevant if it's always and in the, the in the, the mind young, of the behold you know of of, of the receiver and then, the adjective then you meaning
1: the, the the adjective meaning miserly niggardly uh, has got, got people into trouble even though it has absolutely no um, c- 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 it's not cognate with... with Yeah, with oh, the absolutely. Latinx There's a whole black. bunch of...
0: But, and neither of us would yeah. probably... I'm not mm. even sure... I don't know yeah. whether we'd use the word now because of concern no, that people would... out of care,
1: understand. we probably wouldn't. In the same way that in America in the 19th century, and through no Webster, you took the English phrase titbit and mm-hmm. thought, we oh, can't say titbit, it's got tit in, which means yeah, breast. Yeah, so you yeah, changed yeah. it to tidbit. tidbit but right. actually the word was titbit. Oh, you simply you you bowdlerized it and and this is what we're doing but not for sexual reasons anymore but for ethnic racial sexuality reasons we are being asked to do the equivalent of take titbit and make it tidbit and not to use the word niggardly even though it doesn't have any meaning or relation as a word in its philological history to that so there is
0: well no there is sexual you're you're offending people by by saying the word he or she Right,
1: so. Well, yeah, now we can go that far and one can become that, um, you know, leader writer for a, for a tabloid newspaper who gets <laughs> very smoked up about it. Or we can say, look, I've had the advantage, uh, the privilege of an extraordinary education and and the, the privilege of, of an impulse to read and to learn and to know things and to understand things and to make things better and without virtue singla- signaling when two vessels at sea are heading for each other one of them has got to make the decision to turn if they're both so proud and both so fixated on being right rather than effective then they'll crash and they'll be they'll both sink well let's say okay without calling myself st joan or a hero mm-hmm. i'm going to be the one to say hardest stern mm-hmm. and say all right i won't say this word i won't say that word. I, with my friends, will talk and say, have you seen what the Royal Society of Chemistry said? It's fucking weird. And if you happen to know someone who's on the board of the Royal Society of Chemistry, just be careful in your wordings because you can make an ass of yourself. You can make yourself look an idiot. You're scrabbling to do this. Let's just try get this right. I understand that is so much work to be done on the equality of the races and on the bringing up of people who've been disadvantaged for hundreds of years, plucked when they you know, and I know that sometimes it will come down to symbols and artifacts and, and words and phrases and directions of research that, that, that are so far off the main issue that it will seem petty to make a fuss about them. But... All right. If that's genuinely going to happen, maybe, maybe we bite our tongues and hold our noses a bit, uh, and don't do it so publicly as to say, "Oh, I'm holding my nose and I'm agreeing to be woke," because that's not helpful. But yeah, and I well, know, you know it's not satisfactory. But well, the re- question is, you know, the I don't. Think where, it's where do you the hill the to die on? As a
0: public, I mean, as you know, for example, there's here's a here. It's it's words, right? It's not even ideas. Mm. So. So mm. I, I was reading that Dove soap has stopped using the when they advertise for normal hair, because mm. normal mm. has a, has a, apparently for some people offensive quality because they're normal. Now in chemistry, there's normality of a solution, and yeah. and 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 so the concern is whether that using that will now offend people. At some point, it seems to me a slippery soap if you don't. I think that's got, partly,
1: partly because normative is a. Mm word of critical theory um uh, normative is very much the cisgender normative heteronormative that sort of thing bad so so normal becomes yes slightly well
0: it seems to me that
1: you, know, you don't want people to think they're abnormal or subnormal i suppose yeah. is the, the reason. But, but you
0: know but using the word normal is it's a word it and yeah. and it may offend some and and what i want to get back to is not so we're discussing sort of what words might offend or how you might deal in society but at some point The key issue, it seems to me, gets back down to offense, and the question is, should, if you are not intending, should, Mm. should you be concerned about offense? And in fact, you know, in preparation for talking to you, I was not only listening to you but also to Hitch, and he made an important point, which is that it 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 was freedom of speech, but if if you don't have the right to offend, Mm. then the the people who are offended lose a right too. By, by censoring language, they lose the right to hear something that may cause them to rethink something that they accepted but, but but you know, is wrong. So he said, well, I'd love to have, you know, if someone has a right to say the Holocaust never happened, you know, may- maybe, you know, uh, why do I believe it? You know, I have to ask myself the questions and it forces you to... So you lose a right as well by causing other people to lose the right. So, so coming down back to this notion of offence, and whether it gives anyone rights and whether and mm. and and how can one respond to this notion that that being offended gives you special rights?
1: It's true. I, I, I'm absolutely, absolutely with you on that. And, um, you know, it's, everything you say is reasonable and right. I just wondering what is the way we're going to get out of this? With the least damage, uh, yes. the least damage to the intellectual future of the human race, the scientific yeah, future yeah, exactly. of research, and the happiness and and comity of 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 the pop, you know, of, of our human population, and 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 you know, how are we going to? And and I think, I think you know, the, choosing the hill to die on is very is a very important thing, and. While I, you know, I can laugh and wail and wring my hands as much as anyone at some of the apparent excesses of so-called wokery. I again, this, 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 the, 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 the empiricist in me, the epidemiologist in me would yeah. say, you know, go to uh, go to a large town and you know, choose one at random, um, stop a person at random, ask them what they think of woke. They won't have heard of it. They don't know what it is. It doesn't affect them. This whole culture war affects a tiny population of the world. It's the noisiest part of the world, us and them. They're the noisy ones. And we're standing on hilltops yelling at each other while the mass of humanity below is getting on with getting and spending and toiling and roiling and genuinely trying to be human and not and being kind to each other and neighbourly and decent and all the rest of it. And, yes, there are extreme examples of censorship And Puritanism, and their extreme examples of racism and viciousness, and uh, but but it it seems to me the hilt that I want to die on if I I don't want to die. mm, Yeah, I know what you. But
0: but but is I guess because I'm a scientist, it seems to me when it comes to you know science, which is to discuss empirical evidence, to ask questions, and see if they're right or wrong. There's no compromise. There can't. The minute you compromise there, then then.
1: And and of course, what again? Just because I, I need to, I need the evidence. I'm I'm an evidence based person. Yes. Um, I would like to see what this paper was, and to see the phrases that were offensive. Actually, to know what it was that was regarded as an offensive phrase well, in here's in a piece of here, chemistry research. Here's a bit
0: of science. One last thing. I mean, which I was looking at, uh, and. Um... It had to with the, with archaeology. I uh, do. You, I don't know if you remember the Kennewick man. I know you and I are. You know, beca- I've been fighting the wars of in, for evolution versus intelligent design for a long time. <laughs> but but uh, when the Kennewick man was discovered, which is this nine thousand year old skeleton, mm. which at the time apparently had Caucasian features, which I think has since then been proved wrong. But um, was discovered. It was the, the, the uh, in Kennewick, Washington. The Umatilla tribe of Native Americans, indigenous people here wanted to, um, first of all, take it as their own so it couldn't be studied because their cosmology doesn't allow mm. for a 9,000-year-old Earth or anything else. And and there was a great, and it was held by the, in the Army Corps of Engineers, and there were court cases, and happily, finally, it was decided, hey, come on, this is 9,000-year-old, it has to be studied, and it was studied. But then, two people of the Society for American Archaeology, this, just this year, they were, this, that meeting, censored a talk by two archaeologists who were concerned about allowing creationism when it had to do with indigenous peoples to cause a repatriation of, of important artifacts. Whereas you wouldn't, you wouldn't ever say, you know, some young earth creationists, of Christian creationists said, no, you can't study that, that bone because the world is 6,000 years old, we'd all laugh at them. And, and this person said, you know, this is a problem. And the society said, you can't give that talk. We're removing it from the sites. It, it, they said, such anti-Indigenous language does not align with the Society of American Archaeology values. Mm-hmm. And, and so... You yeah, it is. i
1: mean, you and i would say obviously for some reason that that society believes that being patronizing and condescending is is more valuable than being truthful because we think still that they're children who can't take the truth now that it's such an insult to to all you need to do and i would do if i was running this is find a group uh, from the american Indian society rather uh, aim uh, um uh, a, a powerful movement of, of amerindian yeah. Indigenous peoples and say, do you want to have science um, uh, kept from you because we believe you're too, you're, you're, you're too kind of uh, fragile to be able to understand it, or, or uh, uh, accommodate uh, what we would call a, di- uh, a discovery? Mm-hmm. You can disagree with it and say you think it's wrong or, and the scientists would explain why they think it's right and so on but we you know our culture went through the same thing with um uh, you know geology and uh, mm-hmm. and darwin uh, playing havoc with bishop usher and and even lord kelvin getting 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 upset about the uh, but they were uh, at
0: least able to have the debate you know they were able to have the debate Yeah, and that's that, you know that's... It, what i've discovered and in a number of these examples i got it's interesting as scientists the people who are speaking out the most are scientists from former Soviet Union or, or 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 Eastern Bloc countries who are now in the states who are saying this kind of um, ideological well I wrote in an article once ideological c- corruption of science this kind of demand that certain things not be said that certain questions cannot be asked is reminiscent for them of their experience in the former Soviet Union and, and place like that and so uh, you know, a number of the examples I got from oh, Ann Krylov, who's a chemist, and, and there's, a, there's a well-known mathematician at Princeton who's been writing about the Wokas in Princeton, and they, they see this, and they, it reminds them of, of the situation that they dealt with in those countries where, where certain things were not able mm-hmm. to be discussed, and, you know, and maybe they're ultra-sensitive, I don't know, but, they, but it's interesting that the only ones, the major ones I'm seeing speaking out are the ones from former, former Eastern Bloc countries.
1: Yes, and and that it is very worrying. And and of course, it's not new in the history of science and mathematics for for there to be a kind of censorship. I mean, it's a, a kind of truism of Cambridge mathematics, for example, which used to lead the world from from um, Newton onwards. But by the sort of mid to late 19th century, it was stuck in a rut. It wouldn't allow new ways of thinking about mathematics because they went against Newtonian ideas. And this allowed um, Hilbert and and the great Germans suddenly to take over the world of mathematics because they had free thought, uh, which the Cambridge ones didn't. Uh, The Cambridge ones were not restricted in their thought because of an ideology, exactly. not what we think of as an ideology, but just of a tradition. Um, and, and so it's it, all kinds of things can inhibit free thought. And one of the things that inhibits free thought, paradoxically almost, is this idea that freedom is indivisible, which is what libertarians and the right insist upon. even, you know, sort of um, uh, the, 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 the Second Amendment gun-toters, to- uh, you know, they they claim it's you know, an indivisible freedom, but of course they don't suggest that they can have arms like, for example, b- proton bombs or neutron bombs, yeah. or uh, um, could you have a private one in your, no, but why not? It's arms, it says arms, it doesn't say, so where then, then you get back to the pre-Socratic philosophers and the philosophies of vagueness and the heap, where, where you say, okay, so where's the line we draw? So you can have a gun that big, where do I stop? I've got a mortar here, belt-fed mortar, I've got a huge Gatling gun. Ooh, so that's the line, but the founding fathers didn't write the line there. Why are you saying that's the line? Freedom is clearly divisible. And and nuance and ambiguity in freedom are as a, you know as necessary to, you know, our freedom is completely constrained by 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 other things, other people's freedoms, mostly, of course. Yeah. And yeah. um and that's true. Um well, that's even true in science in a strange sort of way, isn't it? Because because every scientist has got the pressures of their department, uh, the competition that's going on in the University in Israel and the other one that's going on in Buenos Aires, they are both chasing the same holy grail that I'm chasing. And if I go that way, no, I can't do that. I can't do that. There's a lot of times scientists saying, I can't do this, I can't mm-hmm. do that. What's new is saying, I can't do it for reasons that seem completely extraneous to the business of science itself. Self, and that's an insult to the very principles of, and, and if you like
0: yeah it, it, you know and there is another example that goes to speaking of historical examples which i got from and i i forget if i told you about this but this is great and it, you should you i want giving it to you so you can use it sometime because it has to with the royal society and the and, but it, in the time of the first development of the microscopy when anton van lunehoek developed microscopy mm-hmm. and he was the first person um, he he discovered spermatozoa in semen. And he was concerned that communicating his result would cause some problem. So he put it in a letter to the president of the Royal Society when he wanted to publish it. If your lordship should consider these observations, may disgust or scandalize the learned. I love that sentence. Scandalize learned. I earnestly beg your lordship to regard them as private and to publish them or destroy them as your lordship sees fit. And fortunately for the progress of biology, uh, uh, his lordship saw fit to publish it. So this concern about offending not just the, yeah, the wash public, but the, the learned is yes. it goes a long way. And there's yeah. a distinguished and, and history it, in the World Society it, of defending that. You
1: know, we do well to remember that and therefore not to get not to huff and puff too loudly about these things, much as they do grind our gears, as Peter Griffin would say. They, and and you know, they do grind our gears. We do get annoyed about it We do they because we find ourselves suddenly in that position. Is what makes social media so poisonous. That the slightest, the slightest quiver in that direction seems to be an assault on our self. Mm-hmm. It turns us all into narcissists. But this is my belief about the way science should be. And anybody who says anything against it is is it's more than just a oh, I rather disagree with you. It's they're a fundamental blight. They're, they're, they, they destroy everything I and I think. That's an overstatement. I think, as I say, one just has to try and marshal one's thoughts and marshal one's ammunition and use it in the right way on the right occasion and keep oneself in post and be reasoning and reasonable and reasoned as far as where possible. And be smart enough to second guess what, you know, in the same way that every scientist, I mean, you know, every scientist had to guess what the heads of department and the money people are after. And whether there'll be, will there be funds available for this scholarship, for this research next semester, next trimester, whatever? Um, You know, you just have to be smart. And as our great hero, Richard Feynman, once advised to someone at Caltech, he said, for your first meeting when you're on a committee, arrive with a cup of coffee, spill a cup of coffee on the dean, drop all your papers, um, light a pipe with noxious tobacco, you won't be invited back. because you've got to learn how to fight the system. In yes, other that's words. right.
0: Professional responsibility.
1: Be a maverick right. and a renegade and an outsider. And if you want to do that in this particular world without just turning into a you know, a right winger who is deliberately trying to offend in order to show how free you are, but who actually just wants to get on with the work and, you know, not be blocked by stupid bureaucratic I- interference which is what all scientists want mm. and fight all the time where, where this is just an, it's, it's another level of that but if as I say and so the key is I think and I know I am probably too obliging and too keen to be liked and keen not to make a fuss and so on it's that, yeah I mean I can use language to describe things that make that enrage me but 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 the most important thing is to to work out how to be effective in in, in this particular uh shit show this
0: <laughs> yeah well i think the point is that you are nice so you won't be it's hard <laughs> to imagine you offending anyone even by saying so fucking what in your in your description yeah okay. i thought <laughs> but Feynman, by yeah. the way probably would have been wouldn't wouldn't have made it in the modern world but i certainly you know because you've thought about this i just i think they should have a Someone like you as president of the Royal Society, I think, that's really, <laughs> a lovely thing, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make that recommendation if I ever can. I'm
1: well, not sure, what something I, you'd want. Well, this I do think, Lawrence, and it's a whole other discussion for a whole other time. Mm-hmm. But for 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 a long while, I, I believed, and indeed, it it's becoming, it, it's starting to happen, um, that large companies large enough to 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 achieve a certain kind of critical mass need, in the same way that firms need HR, they need, they need an ethicist. They, they, they need someone trained in thinking, uh, a philosopher, we would call them. Yeah. Ethics being one yeah. of the branches and you know, obviously logic and metaphysics and aesthetics and there are other branches. But, um, and this is now happening. Uh, um, I, I read a very good article not long ago uh, saying, philosophy is no longer a stylish route to poverty. <laughs> uh, that there are figures getting, f- there are there are four-figure opening salaries available for people uh, with, with a with a graduate uh, qualification and above in bioethics, for example, because of the Im- importance of the converging um, currents of genomics and gene editing and and bio uh, augmentation and uh, brain machine interfacing, and of course, AI and robotics, all these things mean that there's enormous space for really serious thought. And yes, we know that there'll Rogue companies around the world who won't be paying any attention to ethics, but nonetheless, if you can if you can get the attention of the of the the mo of most of the developed world in terms of of of, of ethics, it's it's very important. And this this side of things is is part of ethics. The problem is the trust, of course, within a company you can trust. Someone, maybe, whose knowledge of uh, uh, bi- bioethics is very strong when it comes to your investment in CRISPR and related technologies, say, you you know, but uh, in the wider world, in politics, you put someone into the cabinet. <laughs> we don't believe in economists. We don't believe in any experts. <laughs> the idea we'll believe in a ph- fluffy I've, and a philosophy. I've, I've
0: seen some eth- bioethicists too, and I, I still have this maybe I have a suspicion. I still prefer the thoughtful amateur to the, uh, to the credential provincial and
1: everything. i i suspect there will be a period where the so-called training and the methodologies that are currently being used in universities will do have to do a lot of catching up to the real world because that's it's well, been the look, problem in, in i well. i prefer
0: you as a thoughtful i guess I, I think of you as a thoughtful amateur i shouldn't really because you, you're not an amateur of anything as far as i can tell but i i thank you and i hope you will in spite of being so polite and so nice i hope you will continue to offend when thank necessary.
1: you i'll do my fucking best <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank thanks a lot for that it's, it's always a, a pleasure, pleasure Stephen, and i appreciate you taking the time to and have this this chat I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. You can continue the discussion with us on social media and gain access to exclusive bonus content by supporting us through Patreon. This podcast is produced by the Origins Project Foundation, a nonprofit organization whose goal is to enrich your perspective of your place in the cosmos by providing access to the people who are driving the future of society in the 21st century and to the ideas that are changing our understanding of ourselves and our world. To learn more, please visit originsprojectfoundation.org.